Should we talk about a Moogle? We should. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Um, let's do a little anime check-in. Uh, it's it's been a, it's been a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been watching some stuff. Um, some really good and some. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I do this. Uh, it's par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, so uh, I'm watching a program called uh, Spy X Family. You might have seen uh, some buzz about this. I, I have. Yeah, a, I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a currently airing show, which I, I've mentioned. I usually uh, try to wait until stuff is finished airing so I can watch it at my own pace. But um, i just been seeing so much about it. And um, I was just like, ah, you know what? Screw it. Uh, I think like it's about four weeks in. So there's like four episodes. Um, and the premise here is that uh, there's this uh, super, super spy um, who is like this master of disguise. And he's he's very good at his job. Um, and, but he has no personal attachments, right? Cause he's a spy mm-hmm. and, uh, but his next mission is he has to, uh, either get information or assassinate or whatever, uh, somebody. And the way that he has to do it is that he needs to, um, get a wife and kid in order to infiltrate the same school, like this prestigious school that this, uh, dude also like has his kid enrolled in, um, and so he has to go to an orphanage to go find a kid. Um, and he needs to like find a smart kid because he has to get into this prestigious school. And uh, he picks a kid and turns out the kid is uh, <laughs> a telepath. Ah, of course. And then uh, he finds a wife um, and uh, turns out the wife's an assassin. Um, what a family. And so, yeah, exactly. Um, but he doesn't know the wife's an assassin, even though she's like also like kicking people's ass like with him. Um, and she doesn't know that he's a spy. But since the little kid is a telepath, she knows everything about them. Um, but <laughs> but she doesn't want them to know that she's a telepath because she thinks that they'll like return her to the orphanage uh, if they know she's a telepath. <laughs> um and it's really funny, um, and it's pretty adorable with this kid because this kid makes these ridiculous faces whenever she like like stumbles across like uh, her new mom's uh, vials of poison and knives, you know, um, or she's like reading the minds of one of them, and they just like say something like like oh we're like in immediate danger or whatever, and she just makes like these insane like like open mouth faces like where her face just gets enormous. It's almost like like the Ren and Stimpy face. But like anime, mm-hmm. um, like where they do the zoom in thing. Um, so yeah, it's really funny. It's it's very similar to the humor of uh, Kaguya-sama, um, where there's also like um, narration, uh, sometimes at the beginning and end of episodes. Right. Uh, it's it, it does it uh, less frequently than Kaguya-sama. So I actually even had to look up the studio to see if it was actually the same people. Um, it is not. Um, but yeah, it's a very similar uh, humor. To that uh, just like just like lots of misunderstandings and um it relies a lot on like the dramatic irony of the audience knowing uh what's going on with the characters and the characters being completely oblivious to the situations mm-hmm. um and like you you have an in because you know everything and so does the, the telepath child uh but like the mom and dad don't um so yeah it's very funny um so now i'll be keeping up with that week to week uh unexpectedly but uh it's very good yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, especially with the Kuyusama comparison, because I really I, I love the humor in that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's very very similar. Um, 
which that that new season is also airing, uh, but I'm waiting for that mm-hmm. uh, to finish up. Um, uh, the other one I uh, started watching, and this was I think this aired last year. Uh, it's called The Detective Is Already Dead, um, and uh, the premise here is that there's a guy. He's like a, he's he says he's a middle schooler, but he looks a lot older than a mid- <laughs> middle schooler. Um, <laughs> but but then at the same time, middle school in Japan is uh, three years, so like it also encompasses like what we would consider ninth grade. Do you, does that really make the, all the difference here? No, okay. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But but you also kind of have to keep that in mind. So like he could be like a high schooler, but like it's middle school also. Like but anyway, like he's he's a kid, but he like seems slightly older than that. Um, he's on a plane and, um, the stewardess asked if there is a detective on board and he's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, no, nobody ever asked for a detective. Like they asked for a doctor, like mm-hmm. if there's like a, a medical emergency. And then the girl next to him says, yeah, I'm a detective. And the, the guy sitting next to me, which is him is my uh, assistant or, you know, my a sidekick. Um, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so they do this whole thing. There's a hijacking. Uh, all this shit, he ends up roped in. He's now this detective sidekick, um, and th- it takes like a weird supernatural twist. I think I- I've watched like six or seven episodes. It's already, um, I think it's already jumped the shark because uh, there was mechs and like <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, but but yeah, it's not a spoiler because the, t- the detective dies, and they go back and forth between the two timelines of whenever uh, he was working with her for a few years. And now in the quote unquote present where she is dead and he's like working solo. Um, but there's like monster people that they call androids, even though they have like monster limbs. I, I don't know. It gets it gets very confusing. But the only reason why I'm bringing this up really is because I don't I don't even know if I'm enjoying the show, to be honest with you, <laughs> is that. Um, so I was going to already show you this clip. Um, but then it had, uh, increasing relevance Uh when I watched the show because the detective character has, um, has white hair and, um, a sort of, uh, unique style, uh, to her. And, um, I was like, oh, that, that she kind of looks like, uh, a VTuber I had seen. Okay. One of the Hololive VTubers I had seen. I was like, that's kind of, um, interesting because usually they have like a very distinct, um, style to them. Um, but it's like other oh, anime characters. It's you know whatever. Um, then in like the third episode, <laughs> that VTuber and another one of the Hololive VTubers make a cameo appearance in the show. Mm-hmm. They're doing like a a, a news report because the the plot line um, had to deal with um, uh, an, an an idol in in the show. Like there was a case involving uh, an idol was. Uh, that needed a detective's help, you know, whatever. So there was a news report that was being uh, reported on with these two Hololive VTubers in the show. So that just confirms that this character was seemingly like the design of the character was inspired by the VTuber. I guess, but it was just weird because I was already going to show you this clip of this VTuber. Mm -hmm. To like compare? And then I watched, no, 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 no. Completely unrelated. Oh, okay. And then I watched the show, and I was like, "Oh, it looks like that VTuber." And then that VTuber was in the show. Huh. Um. So let me. Uh. I just want to show you the visual so you can see what the VTuber looks like because this is um Fubuki. I don't know the last name, but it's Fubuki, something. Um. So let me. Oh, where is it? Okay. Oh, where's the play button? Because this is a YouTube short. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Is this it? Scatter! No, wait, 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 no, so, I, I just found it interesting that Japanese VTubers mm -hmm. knew Scatman, <laughs> but I didn't, <laughs> and you didn't. So this was on my feed, presumably. You do know it's still playing, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Because <laughs> it's going to keep going. <laughs> Okay, so so this was on my feed, presumably because I get stupid VTuber clips, and also because I had had to show you Scatman. Yes, I mean you are like the I pro maybe the only the singular person to have those two things in their search history. So, so this was on my YouTube. I had already like had it earmarked to show you. Mm -hmm. Then I start watching this show, and I'm like, oh, the character looks like that VTuber. Then that VTuber shows up in the show. Doing Scatman, or just no? No, no, no. She, she wasn't doing Scatman. Okay. Like I said, she was just doing, a, it was just a cameo. She was doing a news report. Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with Scatman. It had nothing to do with Scatman. Okay. But it was that VTuber. Right. In, a, in an anime. Isn't that weird? I mean, is it? You tell me. Like, you, you watch a lot. You're like more tuned into this this uh, this world than I am. I, okay. I have not seen a, v, a, a VTuber in an anime before. Okay. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense? Like, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, in, um, in live action shows, they'll sometimes have like a celebrity or... Or maybe even a real news, like Anderson Cooper will show up and do a cameo as like a news reporter. So in an anime, it would make yeah. sense to have like a VTuber because they're like a known person. And so like, you know, you recognize them and they're they're on the TV in, in that world. But the coincidence of me having just seen this Scatman clip, mm -hmm. then deciding to watch this show, uh, which I'd already which I'd already had in my in my uh, Crunchyroll watch list mm -hmm. for i don't know a couple months then i'm watching the show yeah but you watch every like you watch all the anime so i don't think it's that much of a coincidence of you watch a lot yeah but i don't i don't know how popular the show was mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's weird i think it's i think it's it's uh jungian synchronicity at work i think it's uh something something's happening you know um so you're not convinced no, because you watch a lot of anime and you have a history of, of checking in on VTubers on YouTube. Like, so I, there's really it, it, it's two worlds come together and you're I think I think I think Scatman John is in the heavens uh -huh. and he's he's pulling the strings. It was a really good cover. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to have it in my head for the rest of the day. See, exactly. Um, and so then the other one I watched, which God, it was. <laughs> This one was really not good, and I don't know why I finished it. It was called, oh god, what was it called? I have to look it up, because I sent it to my sister, because I was like, yeah, this is some fucking shit. Because there was a Final Fantasy fourteen reference in it, and so I sent it to her. So um, why don't you think, why don't you see that as, like, some crazy coincidence? Well, you because you play Final knew, Fantasy fourteen. No, because I knew that was an MMO show, and so... Oh, okay. I was just like, 
that and that was the reason why I watched it. I mean, aren't this idols one, this, sort of? Isn't there like a parallel between idols and VTubers? Yeah, they are. They call them like, for, like especially the Hall Live ones. They're virtual idols. There you go. But this show was not. It had nothing to do with idols. Oh, like, I thought it just did. Was that, that the one you were talking about before? Uh, no, it was just the. It was just the plot of that episode. Oh, it was just that case. Okay. So I was not like, oh, I was not like, oh, I, I wonder if there's going to be a VTuber that shows up. Like, I that was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. So this this MMO one I watched it was called uh uh wait where, where God hold on and you thought there's never a girl online question mark um so very very bad title uh, <laughs> but a very, a very anime title uh so the premise here is that a dude plays an MMO and he gets catfished once and he's like all right from now on anybody that plays a girl character online I'm just gonna assume that they're a dude um. And so he's in this guild, and oh, wouldn't wouldn't you know it that every everybody that he's playing with is actually a girl? Uh, and then oh, wouldn't you know it? He actually goes to school with all of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, believe it or not, it's actually not a harem anime. I was genuinely surprised. I thought it was going to be a harem anime just based off of that. Uh, calling it a twist is um, doing it too much credit. Uh, you were disappointed because that's what you'd shown up for, right? No, uh, no, no, no. I was, I, I wanted, okay, here's the thing. I, I watched it because, uh, I, I was having trouble sleeping for like a few nights in a row. And I was like, I just need some fucking trash. I want some, I want some light, I want some light MMO jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came away mostly disappointed in that aspect. There was, there was some, there was some okay stuff, uh, with the MMO thing. Um, but yeah, this was just not good. <laughs> just not good uh yeah um like there was some okay mmo stuff like it was clear that like the writers had um probably played mmos um because they talk about like free to play and like whaling and uh you know the pvp arc was okay there was some good mmo material there um but yeah this was just i mean when you say the writers probably had had some experience with the subject matter they, they were writing about that's never a good sign I mean, you never know, you know, like, uh, yeah, um, it was, it was just, it was just whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen. It was just like, ugh, this is just <laughs> like, just, they just kind of like dropped plot lines, you know? And I don't know if that was just the case of they didn't have enough episodes. Like if this was like adopt, uh, like adapted from a manga or something or a light novel and they just didn't have enough time or if it was just, just poorly written, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. They just kind of dropped plot lines and stuff. Um, because it's because it was like a romance, also sure. like for kind of no reason with between the dude and the one character, the the girl who thinks that she can't tell the difference between the game and real life, and so they get married in the game, and so she thinks that that's real. Um, but he doesn't. No, no, he's he's the he's the rational man. You see, um, and his catchphrase is like, "There's a difference between reality and the game," which is not a very good catchphrase. No, but he said he's but he says it a lot. <laughs> uh so yeah it was it was not very good so that's that's what i was that's what i'm watching (laughs) uh and uh and then last point here in moogle Uh, i i i I am still playing scarlet nexus um i probably would have finished it but the 14 patch happened so um yeah i i think i'm around 18 hours in um, but yeah, I'll have more to say when I finish that up, which I don't, I don't know how long it is. I think the how long to beat said it was like actually not super long. Mm-hmm. So I should have that finished up soon. Let me double check. 
yeah, it says like 24 hours. So um, I should have that soon-ish. So um, I'll have more to say soon. I assume if you're planning on finishing it, you're, you're enjoying it? Uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. Um, I like the combat. Um, I have I have issues with the story. Okay. Um, and and some of the story mechanics. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'll I think I'll have a full rundown when I finish it up. Cool. Because it's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to talk about the story without getting the full uh, picture. Right. Um. So yeah. Uh. So that's it for Moogle this week. Um. Now, uh, it has been it has been a few months. At least I think it has since we didn't know fucking thanks. There's no way it's been a few um, months. Really. <laughs> Maybe a few weeks. A few weeks? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What the fuck is time? I don't know. Um, so, uh, the and genuinely, there really hasn't been a lot going on. There's just been a lot of people getting their apes stolen, which, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a phrase we're saying. It is. It, 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 it's just, yeah, it's just what happens. Um, and there was, there was a thing with the whole, uh, I don't know if we covered it or not, but the whole, um, the wallet. The wallet scam where um, uh, MetaMask was like, hey, yeah, your your wallet could be stored in your uh, iCloud um, backup. So if people hack your iCloud, they can get your apes. Mm-hmm. And all the the NFT people are like, well, why would you do that? Why would you not realizing that like, well, that's just the way fucking, you know, backups work. <laughs> so like, yeah, of course it's there. Like it's the same way if you store your credentials in your browser and your browser backs up. Like all your passwords are in the cloud too. So if your iCloud gets hacked that way, then yeah, they could also get all your passwords that you save on Chrome. Like it's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like these people think that they're tech savvy and they just don't understand basic fucking concepts. Um, so there was that, but I didn't really think it was worth talking about, even though I just talked about it. Yeah, like we we definitely talked about a wallet a wallet scam or two. I just I can't keep track of if it was the same one or not because it seems like. It's just, <laughs> it's just constant. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's like you can't cover all this shit. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, but this thing happened uh, this week, and uh, so it seems that even the people, even the NFT board ape people, are upset with the board apes. And um, this is from a site called the Next Web, and the article is uh, how the board ape yacht club metaverse mint raised Ethereum gas prices to thousands of dollars. And this will take a lot of explaining because um, there's a lot of stupid terminology in here. Um, so basically what happened is the Board Ape Yacht Club decided to expand their shit from um, monkey JPEGs to uh, fake digital land. <laughs> did they did they get bored of the monkeys? Uh, I think I so I think the goal is to have fake digital land for the monkeys to live on. And I wish I was kidding. Oh, so it's it's <laughs> monkey land in the metaverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So to own your own monkey land, uh, but it's not Monkey Island because I think that's an actual video game that you could play and you buy and play. Um, <laughs> is the next is the next Planet of the Apes movie going to take place in the metaverse? You know, maybe. they could take over before if we're not too careful. You know, if we're not careful enough. You bastard. What's the end of that? Uh, you blew it. What's that? Oh, it's definitely not anyway. that. That's anyway. Um, yeah, are, you, so... are you saying that you blew it is the iconic line from. <laughs> I don't remember what it is at the end where it's like the Statue of Liberty, that whole thing. I've never seen it. I just know it. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That that did not sound convincing. Well, I just know that it's not. You blew it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they're 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 selling they're selling fake Monkey Land, uh, and this was oh, the, all the all the eight people are so excited. Oh, they got to get in. They got to get in and get their Monkey Land. Um, now, when you say so, the ape people, are these the apes themselves or the people that own the apes? People that own the apes. Okay. What's the difference? Sure. Yeah, fair. <laughs> they identify themselves with the ape pictures. So what's the difference? Right, because the picture uh, represents them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, as Paris Hilton showed us. Uh, yes, on so the freaking Tonight sold- Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were selling uh, 55,000 NFTs, um, which... These are NFTs supposedly representing the the monkey land, um, and the the price was going to be uh, three hundred five ape coins each. Um, and at the time of the mint, which is like this original sale, basically, uh, would be five thousand eight hundred dollars each. Um, and now these ape coins run on the Ethereum blockchain, so they're basically just Ethereum but wrapped up in an ape coin. Um, so since this was so heavily anticipated, um, this would stress the Ethereum network Mm -hmm. and the Ethereum network, uh, charges something called gas fees for transactions. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, and so it's, it's basically a charge for, um, uh, to verify the activity on the chain. So like if you if you send money on an exchange or even just send money to between wallets, uh, there is a fee required to verify it. And it's verified through mining. Mm -hmm. That's what the miners are doing. And so the miners get that fee uh, whenever they verify the transaction through solving a a stupid uh, cipher. Um, And so the fee changes and it changes based on the number of transactions taking place at a given time. So the more transactions that are happening at one time means the higher the fees go. And so the higher the fees are, the fees also go up higher because uh, you can bid to get in to have your transaction go in, like go through, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And this is called... uh, (laughs) It's called a gas war. Oh my! <laughs> so, uh, if you want your transaction to go through, you have to pay a higher and higher fee. So you're otherwise you're, it just won't happen. There's an auction f- just for the right to make a transaction. Yes, or the yes. ability to make a transaction. Yes. Wow. Or you can just wait. But the problem is, if you wait, then you will lose out on one of the highly contested 55,000 NFTs. Right. So you need your monkey land. Mm-hmm. So you need to pay higher and higher to get in. Otherwise, your transaction will just fail and you'll lose out on your monkey. Was it shit. Was it last week, maybe the week before, we were talking about the uh, housing market in Final Fantasy and now, yeah. <laughs> now we're on yeah. to monkey land in the metaverse? Yeah. yeah. Um, so as, as this article says, you could pay more gas fees to give your transaction a higher priority to be processed, mm-hmm. but you have to pay the minimum gas fee at, at, at the time multiplied by the number of gas used in a particular transaction as a processing fee. That's what, that's what the gas war is. So if you have the funds, 
you could be at the top of the list, but you need to pony up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in order to claim they, they were, these were called the other side NFTs, people started to outbid each other by willing to pay higher gas fees, which drove the network's gas fees to nearly 8,000 guay, uh, which is a unit of measure, a, a unit to measure gas in the Ethereum network. So just another made up thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, at the time of the article, uh, data suggested that people spent more than uh, f- uh, 64,700 Ethereum, which was uh, more than 183 million on transaction fees for the NFTs alone. Um, and so since this um, was going on, this affected everything that was happening on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm-hmm. not just trying to buy the NFTs. So if you're trying to move anything on Ethereum and a lot of other of these other altcoins run on Ethereum, all the transaction fees skyrocketed. Um, so somebody just said, Ethereum is broken. Uh, I just spent $1,000 for a transaction. What happened? Um, uh, just watched someone pay 3500 for a transaction fee for a $500 NFT. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it, 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 completely, it completely fucked over absolutely everything. You know, people like to to say, you know, about the possibilities of the metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. But the price of gas in the metaverse is is even higher than it is mm-hmm. in the real world. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't mm-hmm. really buy into the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the other problem was that uh, th- the way this worked, it was running on uh, uh, what they call a smart contract. And a smart contract is basically a piece of code that tells you how a sale is going to happen. Um, and like this article says, uh, smart contracts are snippets of programs on blockchain that execute what terms of the agreement are specified and what and how they're going to be met. Um, so, for example, a document between the buyer of a house and its seller uh, counts as a contract um, in the Web3 world. That's done by a piece of code, like, like I said. Um, so uh, there's a tweet here. Uh, Nearly 100 million has been spent on gas for the Board Ape Yacht Club land sale in one hour. This is money that could have gone to Yuga or stayed in the user's pockets. Yuga is the developer of the Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, the contract had nearly zero gas optimizations. Um, uh, and uh, this lists what Yuga Labs did. Um, they whitelisted more addresses than available NFTs, uh, zero optimizations in the smart contract, uh, no max gas limit for minting, uh, gave themselves best position lands based on token ID and blamed Ethereum. So the next thing is that uh, they responded after this all went down, after the sale had happened, and after they made about four hundred million dollars <laughs> in the sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the company is valued at four billion dollars. Um, they instead blamed Ethereum for this, which okay, maybe, um, but it seems as if they were using it as <laughs> as just a way to say that oh well, Ethereum is bad, so. Um, we're probably just going to make our own blockchain and coin and use that instead um, where we can set the rules for everything uh, and not have to worry about anyone else. Yeah, um. <laughs> it, it definitely <laughs> sounds like it. I mean, this is the Wild West, right? So it's not surprising. Yeah. It's not surprising to hear a scheme like this. But when they do that, if they can set their own rules for all this shit, mm-hmm. they can also set their own rules for all that shit. Uh and so <laughs> they can like like they can just completely like rug pull everything and mm-hmm. just take take the money and run. Um, and I mean, they could basically do that anyway. But uh, if they use somebody else's like token and chain, um, people can at least follow the money. 
And if they create their own, it's like they can create more barriers like around themselves, basically. Right. I see. Um, it's just and it's just funny in their response. It's just like every other fucking coin and chain under the sun is like, oh, well, this wouldn't have happened on our tr- our, our coin. You should have used ours instead of Ethereum, you know, like every every fucking thing under the sun. You know, well, yeah, because um, it's all like public perception can can have an impact on the value. Well, it does have like mm-hmm. it, it is the impact on on the value of the currency, right? So yeah, it's like oh well, you should have used Solana. You should have used fuck coin. You should have used like mm-hmm. it's just, <laughs> whatever the hell. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah, ApeCoin needs its own blockchain. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it's like, but it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, but this is all about decentralization and you could take your ape and move it anywhere. And they're like, no, you know, Ethereum, this decentralized uh, sort of uh, protocol didn't work for us. So we need to make our own thing and have complete control over it. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's just all bullshit. It's all just complete bullshit. Um, God. But yeah, like f- almost four hundred million dollars on fucking monkey land, just insane. Yeah, it's wild. Ape coins, ape coins. That's what we're dealing with. Um, you had something here. I do. Um, so there was a convention recently called Bitcoin Miami, okay. where enthusiasts gathered and uh, did something. I'm not really sure what it looked like, aside from this TikTok that I saw. Of course. Um, this is by uh, Glam Demon 2004, who was on the on the uh, convention floor, um, doing some some good reporting at Bitcoin Miami. I thought you would find this interesting. We kind of get some insight into um, Bitcoin enthusiasts. Uh, and a specific question about about them, which we'll, we'll listen to now. Mm. I don't know much about Bitcoin in general, which is why I'm here. I love learning. I'm obsessed with learning, and anyone who knows me knows this. But I'm fascinated with the culture, the kind of people uh, it draws in. It's very interesting and deeply, deeply concerning. And I want to know more about it. Nice to meet you. Oh, thank you so much. My name is Serena. What's your name? I'm Cassius Cuvay, host of Poppin' Crypto. Is that a podcast? That is a show on YouTube, yes. And what I do is I bring on founders and CEOs of Web3 projects. And before I interview them, I spit a custom rap. Because these be characters moving into Central Land. If NFTs don't have a use, then I don't give a damn. When's the last time you cried? Let's, let's get into that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember the last time I cried. Probably cried in joy when Bitcoin hit its all-time high. Hell yeah. When's the last time you cried? I cry probably a couple of uh, days a week, you know? A couple of days a week? That's but a great a, schedule. Yeah, but with, with joy, you know? Mm. Not with sadness. Oh, I love that. When's the last time you cried of joy? Every day, in the morning. Because you did I, say twice a week, so you lied. <laughs> When's the last time you cried? Never. <laughs> Never? Real men don't cry. We Is this make, true? Yes, it's very true. You never cried. Nope, no cry. Not coming out of your mother. No, didn't do no, that either. Nothing of the sort. That's a man right there. Kim you, Jong-un seeing this? never cries. Jesus if, Christ. Whatever Kim Jong-un is doing, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm doing. I'm doing and I've always said that. When's the last time you cried? Last time I cried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cried when Snoop Dogg showed up onto Charles Hoskins' space and started talking about how he's building stuff with his son. Oh, oh. I wasn't expecting Snoop Dogg and his son to be building stuff on Cardano, but they showed up. And I was like, the relationship that Snoop Dogg and his son had, I was like, wow, I wish I had that relationship growing up. An emotional moment for us all. All right. Anything else? Any last words you want to leave people about crypto? 
definitely, if you're new to crypto, get yourself some Bitcoin. Yeah, get yourself Bitcoin. on Coinbase. If you haven't even started looking crypto, find that crazy guy that's been talking about crypto to you every single day and say, hey, how can I free myself financially from the fiat system that we have much been slaves to? So. Who's the crazy guy? Is that, an, is that a specific individual or just someone everyone Sam. knows? It's Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. So yeah, fuck Uncle Sam. Is he hot? I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's very... He can't be hot if, if you like older men. I mean, to be fair, I also had some, I felt some tears coming when I saw Snoop Dogg and his son having a, a, a bonding moment together. Yeah. When they said they were working on the Cardano network. <laughs> yeah. Cardano, which is currently valued at, uh, I think like eight cents a coin. <laughs> Let me, I, I could actually check that for you. Cause I think I have like $2 worth. Uh, Cardano is currently, oh, I'm sorry. It's 80 cents, not eight cents. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's 10 times the original value. So, it must be doing pretty well. <laughs> the Kim Jong it shouldn't have surprised me, but the Kim Jong Un name drop. Yeah, Kim Jong Un is uh, a real man. Yeah. He's a role model for us all. A dumpling of a man. Holy fuck. So that's Bitcoin uh, Miami. Uh, some some real insight there. I mean, asking talk about asking the right questions. You you learn a lot. That's a very good prompt. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, you either don't you you either never cry or you cry um, tears of joy whenever every day. the price of Bitcoin goes up, or every day, every day, every day. <laughs> you wake up, you brush your teeth, and you cry some tears of joy. Oof. I just have uh, one more thing here. Um, I encountered perhaps the uh, maybe the worst attempted crypto scam, uh, which was uh, almost perpetrated on my mom. Oh, uh, <laughs> she got a, a, a an invoice in PayPal uh, trying to get her to spend like one hundred eighty dollars uh, supposedly on Bitcoin. Um, and she, of course, immediately asked me about it. Um and I looked at it and I was like, oh, no, this is just bullshit. This is just somebody trying to get $180 from you. Mm -hmm. um, it was very lazy because it was just it was like from somebody's Outlook address. And and in the invoice, it just said um, BTC, which is the, the abbreviation for Bitcoin. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> like, it didn't say the amount. It didn't say anything. It was just like, I don't know who would who would fall for that. Who would get a random invoice that they didn't request in their PayPal? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pay that. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, that is <laughs> definitely low effort. Like, I don't usually you have some sort of story or, or like uh, fake transaction, you know, like referencing something that that's somewhat plausible. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. I forgot to. I forgot that I owed money for this thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, no, it just said it just said BTC, and I was like, oh no, this is just somebody trying to get you to give them money. It's like, so no, just just delete that. What do you think their hit rate is? Like, if they're sending out, you know, like thousands gotta of these, be, it's got to be pretty low. They they somehow found like her email address and uh, like just sent out like they're probably just sending out mass email, you mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, because originally she was like. 
it, PayPal saying that I bought crypto and I was like, what, what are you talking about? And so then I looked at it. I was like, oh no, this is just an invoice. Like, don't, don't pay this obviously. Like just delete the, like, but then I, I looked at it and it didn't, yeah, it had nothing about the amount or like what it was actually for. It just said BTC. Just really. I guess if you're, <laughs> really, if you really, really are sending out tons and tons of them, then you, you don't really want to have like a specific prompt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But like, you, you might think like, say like, if it's just like, oh, if it's it's one Bitcoin, which is like several, like it's like over $30,000 and then, but you put the price as like a hundred dollars. Wait, is that really Somebody how much that, one Bitcoin costs? Yeah. So wait, so like a majority of people, when they have Bitcoin, they're, they're dealing in like fractions of one. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I have like, like a hundred dollars in Bitcoin and it's like 0. 0.000000001. Like it's like. Fractions of fractions of fractions. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the office space thing. It's like fractions of fractions of a penny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, like if they if they did that, if it said like, oh, this is for one Bitcoin, and somebody had like an inkling of how much a Bitcoin is worth, they might fall for that. Like I could see that, mm-hmm. but th- this didn't even have that. So <laughs> this is just really bad. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's no fucking thing. Thanks for this week. Um, who knows what we will see next time. I still have that crypto piece coming out. Uh, it should be done soon. Okay. Uh, we got some dead letters here. Terrific. Uh, so let's get into that. Uh, this one comes from Adam. Uh, Who? Who's not my, who's not my brother. Um, and the Adam says, uh, world's best neck massager. Get it now. 50% off free shipping. Um, you know, I might've been in the market for this Mm -hmm. a few days ago. Uh, but then I bought a new chair. So I'm, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm solving some of my, um, spine issues uh still though that's enticing i mean 50 percent off mm-hmm. plus free shipping yeah you might have to send me that's that link mm-hmm. um this one is from here uh or maybe hiram toy 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 me hiram toy me um and this one says uh panasonic logo it says the words panasonic logo uh-huh okay uh-huh <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> i I don't know what the purpose of this is. I mean, you would think that they mistakenly forgot to insert the actual Panasonic logo, right? Yeah, or my website doesn't support let it. you. Yeah, have images. Yeah, but what what would what would that do either? Sending me the Panasonic logo? Well, I mean, if you're interested in Panasonic, it might catch your eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and let's see. I think I had. Remember when? Remember more? that time we got like a real email. <laughs> You know, I can't control that. I can't control that. Um, that was this fun. one, this one, this one might be the best, the best name we've gotten. Okay. Um, this, this one's from Michael Sig, uh, mm-hmm. which <laughs> it sounds like a fucking, uh, Thomas Pynchon character. Um, <laughs> is that like S S I G? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. C I G. Oh, like cigarette. Yeah. Michael Sig. <laughs> that's just, that's just cool. That's a cool name. I picture him smoking on like a street corner, you know, sunglasses. Yeah. Maybe a fedora. No, no fedora. No, he's too <laughs> no cool. Fedora. No. Uh, and uh, Michael Sig sends me the website uh, 23narcology.ru. Uh, 
I said I, I said Fedora. That was on you know top of my head because I'm reading. Um, it was on the top of his head too. There you go. Um, I'm reading the newest Emily St. John Mandel novel. Mm. Um, terrific author, but I, I, I'm pretty sure every single book that I've read of hers has had a character wearing a fedora. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a very, I might have to steal his name for something. Michael Sig. Um, I'm just, I'm just fascinated by that. Um, this one is from Dennis Cab. Uh, that's a good name and, too. Yeah. So, you know, these might be the best names we've gotten. Um, Maybe we should rebrand and <laughs> we can use these as like aliases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you'll be Dennis and I'll be Michael. <laughs> uh, and Dennis says, uh, e-girl clothes. Um, this was a targeted ad. Yeah, but, but I don't know what that means. So there's no link or anything to go along with it? Uh, I guess there is, uh, but it says mywareshop.com slash product category slash all goods. Mm. So it's not very specific. But then the comment says e-girl clothes. Fifty percent off or, or no? No, no, nothing. No, no deal. No deal. No free shipping um, on the virtual <laughs> virtual mm-mm. clothes. No, I might have to pay the gas fees. Oh, yeah, those will kill um, you. But what what are e-girl clothes? Am I am I just too old to understand? Um. Well, what is an e-girl actually? Is that is I that sort of like know. adjacent to a VTuber? I don't know. Because if we could know. figure out what an e-girl is, then it would be okay. pretty Let's pretty reasonable e-girl. to figure out what the, the clothes are for an e-girl. What is an e-girl? Urban Dictionary was an e-girl. Is that really what e-girl. you're <laughs> E-girls are usually girls who play games online and can be found on either Twitter or Discord. They send nudes slash thirst trap. Okay, all right. They can also be found on Twitch. The difference between a normal girl who plays video games and an e-girl. Okay, all right. You know what? I'm not going to read the rest of that. Um, Wait, girls play video games? uh, Apparently. (laughs) uh, You'll never find a girl online, according to anime. No. Um, Except for the six that you happen to be in a guild with. Um, an e-girl is a species of emo, usually found on TikTok, but commonly spends time on Tumblr. Can be found wearing pink eyeshadow with a large wing. I don't like the, I don't like the using the term the species nose. in this. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, little hearts under the eyes and a blushed nose, normally wearing some type of shirt from Urban Outfitters over a long sleeve striped shirt. Commonly found doing the me, me, me dance, but has probably never seen it before. I don't know what that means either. A girl on TikTok that wears an excessive amount of blush, hearts under the eyes, cute hair, watches anime, and dresses kind of Lolita. I don't like any of this. I think we need to move on. (laughs) A girl that has a sick Instagram feed, good slash mediocre music taste, wears clips in their hair, has a cool room, and probably watches the YouTuber and ja ja ja. Who's writing these? Has mediocre music taste? Good slash mediocre music taste. (laughs) Uh, a girl who like all these all these definitions of what they wear are completely different because this one says a girl who dresses mostly in black probably skates wears beanies wears vans probably has depressing songs in her playlist and wears chains around her neck these are all completely different styles of dress mm-hmm. so how am i supposed to shop for e-girl clothes if i don't know what they wear it's it's just more of a vibe than anything else but i don't know what the vibe is well, okay here e-girl the aesthetics wiki here we go E-girl is an abbreviation of electronic girl. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is like the Hatsune Miku kind of thing, right? Uh, is a type of feminine, attractive aesthetic similar to pastel goth and plant mom. What is plant mom? Hmm. Plant yeah, mom is I, centered I, around I, having plants and plant-related accessories. 
They raise various plants, mostly flowers and succulents, as if they were their own biological children. So this is an interesting, is interesting term here, because it, it seems like the more you research it, the less you actually understand it. What is happening? Yeah, I don't know. Plant mom fashion has a hipster type theme and does share some aesthetic cues with the art hoe. But the theme puts less focus on the art aspects and focuses more on a deep care for nature and raising plants in a motherly fashion. They may wear sweaters with jeans and sneakers. Outside of that particular aspect of the plant mom, it can relate to the rules of the art hoe and easily cross over into the aesthetic. This can include Vans and Converse, jeans and jean shorts, loose t-shirts. You mean clothing? Yeah, this you is mean very, clothing? very common, clothing. very common types of clothing here. Sneakers and tennis shoes. I mean, that. I guess that makes me an art hoe. No, <laughs> or, you're a plant mom. Or, oh, plant mom. Sorry. Excuse me. Thin wool sweatshirts, plain jewelry, plain skirts and pants. These are, you're describing clothing. These are clothing. Mm -hmm. They enjoy colors like yellows, especially muted or mustards, baby green, baby blue greens, dusty roses, and more muted colors in general. Art activities, gardening, going on walks in the forest, going on picnics, reading, photography, picking on pressing flowers. Isn't dusty rose and a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, music. Okay, this is very interesting. What kind of music did they listen to? Mediocre. Uh, Cave Town, Claro, Girl in Red, mm -hmm. Lizzie McElpine, Florist, Plant Vibes, Bobbly, Bobbiel, I don't know who that is, Chloe Moriondo, Billy Martin, Conan Gray, Bebadoobie, <laughs> am I a plant mom? Yeah, so is it bad that I recognize, like, half of these? Frankie Cosmos. Oh, terrific artist there. Far, Fuck. Far from mediocre. Subgenres. Grunge plant mom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. You're finding this a lot funnier than I am. I really just, like... I could take or leave all of this, honestly. <laughs> I don't. Grunge, grunge, grunge plant mom is an aesthetic that combines the grunge aesthetic with plant mom. Yeah. I kind of got it from the name. It involves more cacti plants. <laughs> Why? So Why did does it so more cacti. <laughs> so e-girl clothes. Yeah, let's just get back to that. Shirts and jeans and tennis shoes. No, that's the plant mom. That's the plant mom. We got to get back to the e-girl. Okay. All right. Uh, the f okay. The first entry for e-girl on Urban Dictionary was posted in two thousand nine. Uh, trends. An e-girl usually wants to show off a persona of being geeky yet sexy while also being slightly dark. This often manifests itself in interest in anime slash manga, video games, Japanese fashion and music, new metal, new metal? And lingerie. Other common trends for a 2020 e-girl include pigtails with two thin strands of hair left out parted in the middle, similar to Harley Quinn's hair in the 2016 film Suicide Squad. <laughs> or two front hair pieces dyed in a different color than the rest of the hair. Other hairstyles such as bangs, twin tails, space buns, and split dye hair are popular as well. Wearing large, bold winged eyeliner along with blush on the nose, dark lipstick, and small doodles beneath the eye such as a heart or star. Striped shirts and fishnets beneath ripped jeans. The ahegao face, whether it's reenacting the face or wearing it on clothes as a pattern. What? So Suicide Squad really came out six years ago? Apparently. Oh god, okay. Alright, let's not look that up. Alright. Uh, fashion. <laughs> the girl fashion takes inspiration from emo scene, goth, grunge, and anime. 
They also tend to wear their geekiness on their sleeves. Is that literal? I can't tell if that's literal. Yeah, I and well, I hate all of this. I, I don't know exactly why I do, but I really don't like any of these descriptions. This is from the aesthetics wiki, though. This is this is the this is the this is the source. I I don't know. This is the. It's just all. I don't know. Uh, they wear their geekiness on their sleeves and will either wear clothing showing off this geeky side if not getting into outright cosplay with some of their fashion choices. Makeup-wise, many e-girls will often draw on freckles, put heavy amounts of blush on the bridge of their nose or their upper cheeks, draw wings on the corners of their eyes with eyeliner, and otherwise have an over-the-top look to them. Uh, and then in parentheses, it says, tend to be over-sexualized. You think? They Wait, these, these descriptions for- are over-sexualized. Are they? Well, some plant of plant mom wasn't. Well, no, plant mom was 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 fairly um, neutral. But like some of these other ones, like there was one about sending nudes and and uh, that was the, that that was Urban Dictionary. That was oh, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, uh, they often do cosplay for conventions and outings. They t- they generally drink Monster, a popular energy drink. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that was like a bro drink from. The 2000s. What? They tend to stay with each other and not with people of other styles sometimes. They love to watch animes and read mangas. A lot of them are also gamers and can even be streamers sometimes. Okay. Uh, I feel like I know less than I did before. I feel like I have a better understanding of the plant mom. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So now I'm curious about the art hoe. All right. Art Ho is an aesthetic based around a love for art, and I know this completely derailed the entire show. A connection to nature, painting, and flowers, and is symbolized by women who love art and nature. The aesthetic was created by Tumblr user Sensitive Black Person. Uh, famous original Art Hoes include actress Amanda Stein- Amandla. Is that an L in there? Do you know that person? I don't. Amandla Steinberg, stylist Ryan Finn, illustrator and musician Janelle Lewis, and rapper Babo Baggins. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, typical art ho fashion items include the following: fjall fjall raven conkin bags, anything associated with quote unquote art culture or things printed with artist works on them, mom jeans, graphic tees, Converse sneakers of any color, art socks. The fuck are art socks? It's um, it's it's the the novelty socks that um have uh Starry Night on them. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that your that your grandmother gives you on Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, art supplies slash paint as a fashion accessory. What do they just walk around with like uh an easel? Uh, this overall, is, this, I'm sorry, but this is all nonsense. The past ten minutes of this. <laughs> of this show have been it's just it's not like it's just all I'm trying to I'm trying to understand the zoomers I don't shirts with thin horizontal stripes striped meadow shirts any mustard yellow clothing vans old school checkered slip-on classics dark doc martens or mary jane's colorful hair clips some typical hairstyles include messy buns the bob cut classic ponytail pigtails micro bangs Art hoes are drawn to a vintage aesthetic, often shopping at thrift stores, urban outfitters, and even some lesser-known fashion brands. DIY culture is popular among art hoes as well, and you'll find people with this aesthetic painting or embroidering their designs on their clothings. Um, okay, music. Okay. Kali uh, Uchis. I don't know who that is. Uh, Babo Baggins. <laughs> Amanda Steinberg. I thought that was, I thought she, that was, a, that was an actor. Uh, Willow Smith. MXM Tune. Kuko, Tyler the Creator, Chloe Moriando, Liana Flores, Wallows, Rex Orange County, Claro, and Cave Town. Um, 
subgenres, the art mom, typically describes a person, typically a woman who is very wholesome and loves art as their own child. There's some overlap with softy personas in this aesthetic as art moms may be very soft-hearted and loving towards their art and others. The artsy space kid is an aesthetic that's very similar to art ho, but revolving around space instead of nature or art. I'm so confused. Oh, I'm done contributing to this conversation. I'm so confused. All right, we have to move on. I'm so confused. I know I know even less. I'm more confused. Um, thank you, Dennis Cab, for uh, your submission and um, sending me down uh, a hole of existential horror. I mean, you said this was um, a Zoomer thing, but wasn't one of the sites from 2009? It said the first entry for E-Girl was 2009. Oh, okay. But I, it didn't, it, this was all described, the, the E-Girl thing said it was describing the typical 2020 E-Girl. The E-Girl has, has gone through many uh, changes over the years. I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, <laughs> we have some cinema to talk about. <laughs> so we just cutting that? That's beautiful cinema. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't even know what the runtime is. Um, so, uh, before we get into our movie, I do, uh, I added this last minute. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion about David Lynch lately. Uh, there was all those rumors that we talked about, about, uh, if he had a secret, secret film at Cannes, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people are wondering, you know, oh, what's, what's his next project? What's he working on? Um, he's very open about what he's doing. Um, in fact, uh, there's this video that, uh, where he's it talking about. It turns out because of COVID, my daughter's little school moved up here to the house for a few days and I'm teaching a course on farm, a course called farm. And for that, we're building farm animals. And today for tomorrow's class, I'm building a barn. It's such a fantastic project. Door skin and cardboard and making a um, a barn about the right size for the small animals they're building. Sheep, ducks, cat, dog, horse, <laughs> uh, some fruit trees, and it should be a nice little farm and possibly uh, we'll get some photos of that to share. Okay, that's what I'm working on today. Hope you all are having a great time working on your projects. See you next time. I love that so much. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I want the photos. I want I want to see the photos. I honestly yeah. I want to attend the class. I want to make a farm of my own. I with with David Lynch. Like it's just mm-hmm. it would be a dream. It would be a dream. Mm-hmm. The school yeah. came to his house. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's a hell of a field trip. Uh yeah. So it's so like, is this is this just um, like his? Well, first of all, how old is his daughter? I didn't know he had like a young uh, uh, daughter that was still in school. Um, I think he said his daughter's kid. Did I mishear that? Oh, okay, that would make this a might lot be his more granddaughter. sense. That would make a lot more sense. Um, Turns out because of COVID, out because of COVID, my daughter's little school oh. moved up here. Huh? Oh, maybe maybe his daughter's, maybe maybe his daughter's, daughter's a, teacher? a teacher. Yeah, that's it. That's maybe his daughter's be a it. teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's been um, enlisted as like a, a guest instructor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if you know, maybe he's uh, in semi-retirement or whatever. Like you know, I don't know. 
Um, or if he's just doing whatever, like I, he can do whatever he wants. Like it's, it's just, it's just good. This is just his latest project. It's just, yeah. It's just good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to see the photos. I want to. <laughs> the thing is like anything David Lynch does is art, whether he intends exactly. to be or not. Exactly. Yep. Um, but anyway, we do have a, uh, our current project is to talk about a movie. Yeah, um, you should just, you know, in, in preparation for this segment, we should all uh, grab a, a warm glass of milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe some string cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're, we're going to the World's Fair is what we're doing. Did you like that? Did you like that intro? Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Right? Um, yeah. Because they, because um, one of the characters drank warm milk mm-hmm. and then the other one was, had uh, string cheese. I was, I was very worried that he was um, cooking that milk for too long in the microwave. I thought that that would it was like in there for like twenty seconds seemed like a lot for for milk. I don't know. It was a full twenty, huh? Yeah, it seemed, it seemed like a really long time. Maybe it was like, on like the low setting. I guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just seemed it seemed, it seemed like it was going to be hot milk instead of like warm. Um. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so we're we're talking about a um, new film called We're All Going to the World's Fair, directed, written, and edited by uh, Jean Schoenbrunn. Um, it stars Anna Cobb in her feature film debut, along with Michael Rogers. Um, music by Alex G, who you might recognize if you're into uh, to indie music. If you're a plant mom. Yeah, if you're a plant mom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is sort of like a... A pretty rare mix of like horror and coming of age. Not not a combination you see all that often in film. Although some coming of age movies can feel can feel like uh, horror films from time to time because um, that's just growing up, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, so basically we're we're following this this girl uh, Casey. She's leading a pretty solitary existence as like a teenager doesn't really have many friends she's kind of just like alone up in her bedroom most of the time her father is seemingly i don't i don't know if he's working long hours if he's an alcoholic maybe all of the above um so there's really like no support or interaction there um and yeah she kind of falls into this world of like this this role-playing game uh called the world's fair um where people make uh youtube videos and they like i don't know they act out this scenario where they've been like uh possessed by some something and it's having like effects in their real life and they sort of like film these like uh almost like vlog style videos but there's there's like a creepiness to them there's like a a darkness to them yeah it's blending uh creepypasta with um like arg um elements Mm -hmm. where they they at a point they refer to it as an MMORPG, which is uh, an interesting way to frame it because what we typically think of as MMORPGs are like you know World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV mm-hmm. and um, like older like you know like Ultima Online and not necessarily like this is more of the the role playing than the um, like. Uh, game or the like mmo aspect to it um yes like this is this is this is closer to like maybe like some kind of collaborative tabletop 
storytelling. Yeah, I mean, te- technically, it, it does take place online, and it there yeah. are many people doing it. Um, but it doesn't fit the definition of what you would think of when you think right. of MMO. Yeah, just. Uh, but like by by the definition of the individual words, it makes sense. It makes sense, but not what we like the connotation of that word. It's like closer to what we understand as like an ARG. Um, so there's that's what's going on, and yeah, it's it's blending these ideas of like creepy pastas and um, like uh, online video challenges, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Anna's doing this challenge. She's making videos, um, and she receives a message from this guy who goes by the name of JLB, right? And he sends her these like voice memos, and they eventually do like a Skype chat with each other. And um, for a while, it's like they're just they're they're role playing. They're like in the game. They're like making creepy videos, but eventually. JLB becomes more and more concerned about Casey as her videos take a pretty dark turn and she's um, there's like allusions to like, you know, suicide and gun violence and self-harm and stuff like that. Um, so he's having trouble like recognizing like what is an act and what is real because because, you know, these are these are things that, that real teenagers go through, especially those who don't really have a support system and are sort of isolated from the world and always online. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I thought this was pretty fascinating. Um, I'm interested to, to hear what you thought about it. Um, cause it, it, it is pretty unique in that, like it incorporates a, a lot of like YouTube essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are just like sections, there's like sequences of the film where we're basically just watching the videos that the characters are watching. Yeah. And it all like, it all involves this, this world's fair quote unquote game. Right. There's like conspiracies and and experiences that people are posting and all these things that kind of feed into the like paranoia and the creepiness of it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's even like some ASMR at one point. Yes. um, Which I thought was I I, I knew it was coming because in the uh, opening credits, they mention like ASMR by whatever company they outsourced it to. But uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to incorporate ASMR into this movie. I don't think I think it was just a creator that they got. I don't think it was like a company. But, oh yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah it, it was like asmr sounds something or another but yeah, it's, yeah it sounded I, I, like I a company that, name but it was probably just the person yeah i think that's just probably somebody's actual youtube channel that they got to mm-hmm. commission them to do that mm-hmm. um yeah that was honestly like that was like the creepiest moment of the film for me was the really? asmr yeah that gave me like that, that that like skeeved me out i was like Ugh. Well, the context of it is that she's she can't sleep, right? So she's gone out to this like shed, shed slash um, almost like makeshift like basement type of room yeah. in the shed that's like attached to it, and it's it's clearly her her father's, but it's the middle of the night, so nobody's there, and it's got it's got a projector, and so she's she's watching these videos on a big projector while she's on the couch, and one of them is an ASMR video that's supposed to you know help you fall asleep, um, which to me was not the creepy part. To me, it was like okay, yeah. Yeah, that's something that people do and it, it it sort of had the creepiness if anything comes from the like the atmosphere of like where she is and like the the isolation like she's basically in the middle of the woods and um but the creepy part really comes after that because the, the video ends and of course it's like youtube so another one like auto plays and it's mm-hmm. uh it's uh the the first message from the jlb character and he's like distorted casey's face and uh, it's, it's like him reaching out for the first time. And it's got a very, very like weird, like, uh, aesthetic to it. Yeah. 
Well, um, so the thing was is that like as soon as the the autoplay thing came up, I was like, oh, this is gonna be the 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 scare, right? Mm-hmm. But no, but before that, like the the ASMR thing was just like like to my core made me uncomfortable. Huh? Like the like the video itself. Well, you've you've um, you've said before, like you don't you haven't like dabbled in ASMR, right? No, no, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, I think that has something to do with it because I felt like that was a pretty mundane ASMR. Video. Like I feel like that was pretty. I'm sure. Typical. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I don't think it was meant to uh, evoke this reaction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so this was this was like a personal reaction where it was just like I was just like thinking about like, oh, this is this is meant to be this soothing sort of thing to like people that are are very very you know lonely and like looking for this kind of uh, like comfort, um, uh, because, because the video is about, uh, like having a bad dream and somebody like lulling you to sleep, but it's, it's not just somebody like, like if, if, if it was, um, a video of, uh, somebody just like talking normally to you, like these like affirmation, like kind of things mm-hmm. of just like, Hey, it's, it's cool. You know, like go back to sleep. You're all right. Like, but it's like, you go back to sleep. Like with the, with the, with the crinkly mouth shit. Like I, it just, it just feels like, um, just so out of place for like reality right. to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I know I, like, I know that ASMR is such a thing that it feels like a product to me. Mm. Like this, mm-hmm. the, like I, I know that this is a YouTube video and this person has a channel filled with a hundred different scenarios of like. Uh, you know, mom wakes you up from school ASMR and like, you know, like all the different fucking bizarre, like, I don't want to say fetish because it's not always like a sexual thing for people, but like just the very specific scenarios that people are looking for, mm-hmm. for their brain tingle thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just makes me very uncomfortable. It really does. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the this specific ASMR video fits because with the film, because loneliness is like at the core of these two characters. No, no, no. It completely, completely fits. And I get the scenario and like it serves its purpose. Oh, sure. It's yeah. just it's just for me. It makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't I don't like the crinkly mouth thing. I don't like the way that like no person actually talks like this, you know, um, like if you're trying to replicate the experience of being soothed by a person you know like nobody actually would act like that um it it just it just feels so it's just so feels so artificial Mm -hmm. and wrong to me um but like i i understand its purpose Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah i mean there is a lot about this film that's uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. most of it by design but uh yeah it's like just there's like a mix between genuinely like unsettling stuff that like relates to like the horror role playing and then there's also just like the sort of like stuff that's verging on cringeworthy like this is a teenager making youtube videos type thing yeah or even just like you know the the cringy stuff that we say or do when we're young there's like a mix between those two types of <laughs> uncomfortable situations right mm-hmm. um which is why i think the movie's so effective because it's like it's like mixing the horror of like like body horror or like visual horror with actual like growing up yeah um, and especially growing up on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like the um, one of the first videos she makes where she uh, she heads out into the woods and is like talking about uh, her sleepwalking or whatever. And just the way that she's delivering, the way that she's speaking, like the, the, the stop and start of it and mm-hmm. just this like 
oh yeah, this is just an awkward teenager that doesn't have anybody to talk to, so she's going to talk to the camera. Yes. Like it's like it's just so in, like perfectly encapsulates that to such an insane degree. Like it, it it's it so totally nails that. Um, like like the, the way that she speaks, the dialogue, like or I guess the monologue rather, like it, it's it so completely spot on. It's um, it's so spot on that I almost would have. I almost think it's like improvised. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it, it was that good. It, it, yeah, felt, it felt yeah, it, it was, felt like it was really. Yeah, it felt like she was given a prompt and was like, "Talk about this," which mm-hmm. which is just you know, it was realistic. It was it was really good. Yeah, and then and then the other one obviously is the 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 dance video. Yes, where it's like, yeah, this is a teenager um, dancing to a song in her room, and then she just decided to film it. Right, like that. That is such a a growing up with the internet thing you know um and uh but then like the twist here is that uh she's either acting or she is like dealing with this um i don't even know what to call it like sort of like a feeling where you can't you don't have full control over yourself um right like almost not quite possession but just like this sort of like lack of trust with with your own actions in a way i guess is a way to describe it um it's kind of abstract. Yeah. So so she's doing she's she's doing the dance and she's singing along to the song uh and then all of a sudden she's just like in the middle of it she just stops and screams like she like woke up and didn't know where the hell she was. Mm-hmm. And then she continues. And at, at once it's almost like she she recognizes how cringy this is going to look in a year from now, you know, <laughs> yeah. if she looks back on it, but it's also fulfilling the role of uh, this out of body experience that she's having. Yes, it's it's, it's fulfilling both, and it's also um, a, a actual like scare, and it's in line with the role playing game that she's making the mm-hmm. video for too. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about the tarot reading um, video? Um, I enjoyed the fact that there were cuts in it mm-hmm. because to me that signified that she uh, pulled out the cards that she wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In- Instead of uh, it being a random draw. Oh, that's funny. I didn't pick up on that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot uh, because the fact that like, I don't even know what kind of uh, draw she was like attempting to do. Like I didn't count the cards, but um, it was just like she wanted to get a message across and she was just using the symbology of the cards to say what she wanted to say. Like it was just an excuse to say what she wanted to say. Yes. And so she was using the symbology of the cards to do that. Um and the the unsettling aspect of that video is because you have JLB who's who's like concerned for her well being, and then mm-hmm. you have this video that it really contrasts with the videos that she's made prior to this because it's so lucid, you know, where she has like yeah. this message for him specifically, and she's like, "You don't know what you're talking about. You think you do, but you don't." And it's like just like such this. It's like this very purposeful message compared to the previous videos where she's sort of like um, either like scared or unsure about something or even not in full control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I found it, I found it really effective in that way. It was like unsettling, especially like, cause you're watching it at like you are JLB watching it. Right. From, yeah. from that perspective. Um, something I didn't mention, which I should have mentioned at the top was that um, I actually watched like unintentionally. I probably watched this in, the most immersive way possible mm-hmm. um, because I watched this on my laptop. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, because uh, I for- I like uh, forgot that I needed to watch it. And so I started watching it uh, towards the end of the Pens game. Um, 
And so I had the Pens game on my TV. And so I started watching on my laptop. And then I just decided to continue watching it on my laptop um, because I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense <laughs> for, the, for this yeah. movie. Yeah, that, um, that is perfect. Yeah, because so much of it is, as we said, these these YouTube videos and um, people communicating through uh, video chat. And uh, yeah, it, it actually made uh, complete sense to watch it that way. I watched, um, do you remember that horror movie? It was like uh, meant to be like a found footage type of thing called Unfriended from a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the one where like it was a bunch of people in a video chat? Yes, it took place entirely on a computer screen. And yeah. so I, I made the, the, the conscious choice to to watch that on my on my laptop, which was just added to it. Yeah, you, yeah. you even see like throughout the film, you see all the, you know, the icons and the and the, the bar on the bottom of the screen and everything. Right. And then I saw the sequel to it in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the complete opposite. I didn't even know that got a sequel. Yeah, and you know, it wasn't that. Like, both of those movies are not great or anything, but they're also, like, they have some really cool moments in them. Like, they're pretty, they're mm. pretty interesting, especially for, like, because they are, they are studio horror films. They're like Blumhouse or something. Right, right, right. Um, and so for what they are, like, they're playing with some interesting ideas and, like, visual stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, this this is another thing where uh, the type of screen you watch it on really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, you have a character watching some YouTube videos on a big giant projector on a wall, too. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed this. I thought I, I understand completely the people uh, who were saying that how this is like um, this is like uh, Bo Burnham's eighth grade if he had written it after his latest comedy special. <laughs> <laughs> where he was stuck mm -hmm. in a house for for an entire year um yeah because that, that's pretty accurate because it does capture a similar type of like adolescence a uh, very very like raw and like uh candid type of of adolescence very awkward and um like you said it's like one of the videos like you you will regret that in a year mm -hmm. you will regret yeah. that being on the internet in a year a year from now so but mm -hmm. what did you think about the way this this movie like wrapped up with the sort of uh epilogue that you hear from the perspective of um or from from the actual like voice of uh jlb because he's, he's telling you what happened rather than you actually seeing it right um i didn't know quite how to take it mm -hmm. to be honest um we we don't see her right at all we don't and see her we don't see her after the moment that she cuts off communication with him yeah and so i i was taking into account the fact that he's like he's not just saying this he's making a video about it right right and so in my mind to me he's continuing the game he's continuing the creepy pasta mm -hmm. right so I don't know if what he's saying is true. Yeah, I think that's intentionally like up in the air, right? Because there is a moment where he's so concerned that he's like, can we just stop playing the game for a minute and have like a real conversation? Yeah. So it's it's really hard to tell like where he's coming from. Because um, yeah. like if you take it at face value, it's a pretty optimistic ending to the themes of the of the film, right? Mm -hmm. If this is like someone who was really struggling seemingly at the end of, of high school and like really going through it and then finds help and is able to... Like, like successfully like grow and, and and like move on with her life right but there's just something about this this guy 
and and hearing it from his perspective there's just something that rings that that just like is is false about it i don't quite know how to describe it but there is something about it that's a little bit makes me a little bit uneasy maybe yeah, it's like maybe it's like his investment with her life um maybe it has something to do with that i'm not really sure but it's it's like he's waited this long to like come up with a rationalization for it mm-hmm. and now he he is like like putting pen to paper you know and is um i don't like uh like th- this is how he's going to deal and the only way that he knows how to deal is through this game mm-hmm. even even though he's the one that like is seemingly able to flip the switch between the game and real life but at the same time like this is this is all that we see of him this is all that he's got going for him is um watching other people yeah exactly right because he is very much as isolated as she was throughout this film and and we can talk about what's real life versus the game but really what is the difference Mm -hmm. if he's only ever in that room looking at or, or talking to someone through the computer what is the difference there like what is reality right yeah so yeah that's that's pretty interesting it's definitely like ambiguous in an intentional way i think mm-hmm. or or the fact that we don't see her right is is the f- is signifying that she has completely moved on from this mm-hmm. yeah that is another way to read it yeah he's still stuck on it he's still recording making videos and we don't see her because this is not part of like her life anymore yeah yeah I think that's a good, that's my favorite reading of it. I think that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, fascinating movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Really haven't seen anything quite like it. Um, Just the way it utilizes like the internet and and, like creepypasta. And usually like you'll see movies that are based on like creepypastas, right? But they're they're more of like adaptations of them rather than Mm -hmm. looking at it from the people who are invested in them and how they, how it like the effect it has on their lives, which is pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, do we have anything for next week? You know, um, I <laughs> I didn't. I actually forgot to. Uh, well, there's one I've been looking at. Um, I've had it okay. on like my Hulu list for a number of months now because it, it came out late last year, and I heard some good things about it. It's another horror movie. If we want to just keep going down this this road, sure. Uh, it's called Censor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. That one's on Hulu. Um, honestly, like it seems like it's sort of in a similar vein because it's not not quite the same type of thing but it involves like weird videos and like stories within stories and stuff like that so it could mm. be you know it could be a, a decent thing to watch after after this one okay sounds good to me um oh yeah i did see this uh this baseball shit yeah this was quite a moment i really i'm trying not to talk about baseball on this podcast because you know the level of interest has to be yeah pretty low but uh yeah Matt- we did we did mention the uh last time there was a crackdown on the sticky stuff yeah so where, yeah this is where like people a- had to drop their pants Yes, yes. This is sort of like the, this involves the latest iteration of that. Um, so should I just like summarize what happened? Because I have a video, yeah. but the video isn't, I, I was struggling to find a good video. The only thing I could find was like this, <laughs> this person on YouTube did like a moment by moment breakdown of the scenario. But anyway, so uh, Madison Bumgarner is a major league baseball pitcher, plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he was out starting the game the other day. And it's the first inning, right? And he's Mm -hmm. got a few calls, uh, a few balls and strike calls that he's not happy with. So he's sort of like talking to the umpire. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, where was that pitch? And the umpire gestures like, no, it was was low. It was a ball. It wasn't a strike. 
So they're kind of going back and forth. Um, so the any the inning ends and he's walking back to the dugout and uh, he says to the umpire, he's like, well, I had to strike that guy out twice. Meaning like, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't get the call mm-hmm. right the first time. Yeah. And so the umpire kind of like shrugs it off, whatever. And then before the before Bumgarner gets into the dugout, the other umpire checks his hands. So so this is like protocol, right? So basically what the pitchers do nowadays, instead of like a undo your belt sort of <laughs> situation yeah. they just stick their hand out to check for the sticky stuff that pitchers have sometimes used to help their help out their game so mm-hmm. basically the umpire that's there by the dugout will do a quick touch of the hand determine whether there's any sticky stuff on the hand and that'll be it they'll just be on their way but what happened here was strange because Bumgarner sticks his hand out this umpire takes hold of his hand starts feeling around massaging it a little bit yeah and is staring directly at Bumgarner. He's not looking down at the hand. He's looking at his face, at Bumgarner's face. He's giving them like a stare down, right? Yeah, so it's just this, yeah. this image of the umpire massaging the guy's hand for an uncomfortable amount of time, longer than is 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 usually required, and staring him down. And so for a moment, Bumgarner's like doesn't understand. He's like, what are you? He's like, what are you doing? Um, and the umpire doesn't say anything. He just c- continues to stare at him. And then Bumgarner's like, you can you can kind of like read his lips. He's like, do you have something to say? to me and then the um, umpire eventually like lets go of his hand and Bumgarner's like realized that this was like intimidation essentially Uh because this umpire is upset about Bumgarner's interaction with the other umpire right so he's like in trying to like stare him down intimidate him rather than just being like saying something directly yeah so Bumgarner's like well fuck you Yeah. And as soon as he says, fuck you, the umpire just tosses him. He ejects him from the game. And that, of course, sets sets Bumgarner off. And he just, like, has to be held back by his teammates. And he's, like, screaming at the guy. Which, you know, I don't blame him. Because, mm-hmm. like, for one, it was just bizarre piece of intimidation. And number two, it's, like, borderline harassment. Because he's, like, actively, like, he was, feeling him up. Like, he's feeling he was, up his hand. Like, it was very strange. You said massage. And it really looks like he was giving him a hand massage. It was so strange. Yeah. It, it's a violation. It, it's it's definitely like a violation of like I don't know which personal space. Uh, just, it, it definitely was not protocol. Yeah, no, it's it's it, yeah, it's, no, it's taking advantage of this weird protocol that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, the umpire has to touch the hands, like, <laughs> and yeah, no, he's just he's just like rubbing on his hands and looking at him straight in the eyes mm-hmm. as he's doing it. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And there's that moment while it's going on that Bumgarner's like, first he's looking down and then he looks the guy in the eyes and he realizes that there's something off about the situation. Because, yeah, because he's not looking at his hands to look for any material. He's looking at his his eyes. It's like, what the fuck are you possibly doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so strange. Because, um, like, as an umpire, don't you have the authority to, like, hand out a warning if you don't like the way a uh, player's talking to you or talking to one of your... I would imagine. So wouldn't you, like, verbalize what your issue is rather than doing this strange intimidation uh, tactic? Yeah, this guy doesn't say a word until he ejects him, I think. Right. Completely silent, just, like, intense staring and, and hand rubbing it's it's so weird too Mm -hmm. i hadn't seen another one of these hand check situations Mm -hmm. but this dude was like taking his like it literally looks like a hand massage he's like taking his thumb and like he's like on his palm it's like it really looks like a hand massage it was so bizarre yeah in one of the the sort of like uh analysis videos i saw (laughs) 
<laughs> of this situation, uh, they did reference like what a typical check looks like. Mm. And so they showed a clip and it's literally just like a, it's like stick out your hand, umpire like touches the palm of your hand for like a second and he's like, you're good to go. And that's it. <laughs> it's like a drive by. It's like half of a second, yeah. half of a second. And this was, uh, this was much longer than that. Yeah, it was, it was uncomfortably long, uncomfortably uh personal mm-hmm. uh, like <laughs> just 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 bizarre so do you, has the mlb had anything to say about this i haven't checked because uh, it's been a couple days now do you know i haven't i haven't seen anything i'd be curious because like you'd think there would have to be some sort of statement or some sort of maybe i mean maybe i'm just like wishful thinking here but some sort of repercussion for this umpire because this cannot be this cannot be acceptable <laughs> I feel like umpires can get away with anything. Has like the players' union said anything? Yeah, that, that I, might be. That's it. probably where you would get it from, right? Yeah, just weird. Mm-hmm. Just weird. Yeah, I've been following baseball more closely than I have in years, and it is a strange league. Mm-hmm. It is a strange league, a weird sport. Um, so you never quite know what you're going to see. <laughs> no, I, I honestly didn't think it could get weirder than players having to drop their pants in the middle of of a stadium. Mm-hmm. But here no, we are. This is objectively weirder than that. Somehow, somehow they found a way. Yeah. And just from a game standpoint, like this is the starting pitcher. He got tossed in the first inning. Right. So that has a a huge effect on the game. And now with all the fucking gambling and shit, Mm -hmm. like what's the what's the over under on how long the uh, (laughs) the hand check will be? Yeah. (laughs) Place your bets. Like, yeah, like imagine you put money down on Bumgarner to have like so many strikeouts or whatever, and then he's tossed immediately. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's how real change happens, because if Vegas isn't happy with something that's going on in sports, then maybe the league has incentive to, uh, to step right. in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that, that reminds me of a TikTok I saw recently of this guy who, um, of, course. of course, he was, he placed a bet on the Masters, the, the golf tournament, and the bet had nothing to do with like... Like actual like play. What it was is he bet on whether or not the winner of the Masters would cry when like like in the immediate aftermath of winning, whether he would cry like on the on the field. <laughs> and so like the TikTok is this guy watching the the broadcast and the winner is going and hugging all of like his family members and like his father, his wife, whatever. And he's like rooting for, <laughs> he's like cheering the guy. Like he's like, oh no, not the dad. The dad might, might, might ruin my chances here. Like it's just so absurd that you can bet on like literally anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the, uh, that was the baseball check in there. <laughs> uh, did we do a show? You could call it that. I think we did a show. Yeah. Had some de- detours along the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we did a show. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, just a couple notes here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the run times. I, I-, I genuinely don't know what's happening. Um, I'm doing everything normal in the edits. And when I export the files, the the runtime is normal. But then in the, in the players and the pod feeds, sometimes they're showing up as like being double or longer the length of what they actually are oh shoot i didn't uh, i didn't tell you what i snuck in um i snuck in some asmr sessions at the end of the uh <laughs> at the end of the shows <laughs> i added them on as like a special uh <laughs> easter egg uh, but no, that's the thing they're also playing normally so um as far as i can tell like i try to scrub through like on my end like on a player like and i use pocket casts uh, hashtag not a sponsor um 
and it was fine. I don't think so you need to use. Having, I don't think you need to use that hashtag here. You, you never it's know. Well, well, if, they're, if they're not paying me, I you know I don't want to like promote. Sure. Um. So, but if anybody's having issues, please let me know because I gotta figure out what the fuck's going on. Um. No. Yeah. That yeah, is episodes, strange. These episodes are not as long as some of these players are making them seem. Mm -hmm. Like even on the website, it's like getting fucked. But then I check the file and the file is completely fine. So I don't know what the deal is. Uh, there's not like a ton of like empty space at the end of the episode. Like, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Um, so we're we talking like four so, hours. Yeah, they're like stupidly long. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so if somebody gets to the end of the episode uh, and hears this message, uh, yeah, episodes are not actually super, super fucking long. Um, uh, Facebook, uh, I, I'm, I'm still at war. Um, it has been many, many moons <laughs> since I've heard from home. Um, they're just removing, uh, podcasts from the service, uh, after like, I don't know, four months or so of being like, Hey, you could add your podcast to Facebook. Um, I don't know. It was really dumb anyway, because you couldn't see the podcasts on desktop. It was only mobile. Wait, so they're removing is... all podcasts or just ours? All podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not just us. Um, but they made like a big deal. It's like, hey, you could add your podcast to Facebook. It's like, okay, fine. Take my RSS feed. Um, and so it would just like auto post podcast, but only on mobile. Um, so whatever. The site sucks. But hey, follow us. Facebook.com. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, also, if you're like, if you're somehow listening to the show and you make it all the way to the end, but like you prefer it to be on another service that we're somehow not on. Um, yeah, give me a heads up and I will, uh, do my very best to accommodate. Um, and as always, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead and Road. Uh, as I said, the Facebook, uh, twitch.tv slash Dead and Road TV. We'll be trying to work on some live shows, uh, in the coming weeks. I'm still working on some graphics packages and stuff for that. Uh, YouTube search Dead and Road TV and the email, email at us, email us at video at denro.co. And if you have time, please give us a rating if the podcast of your choice allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts. Um, I think that's it. I think so. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.